What is up, everybody? Welcome to our second Q&A session. And today we're going to answer a ton of fan questions, and we'd like to thank you guys so much for sending them in. We love your comments, your questions, your support, so let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jazz is just going to repeat everything Hamza says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the first time that we have all four of us, so... Yeah, this is a special treat for you guys. Legends in the making. Okay, maybe cut that part out. <laughs> I'm going to probably keep this part, too. <laughs> so our first question comes to us from an anonymous viewer, and they say, My parents want me to find a tutor for the ACT because they want me to get into a highly ranked school. They think that that's the only way I can be successful. So does it really matter where you go to college? Uh, I'll go ahead and take this one. So as someone who spent a lot of time focusing on the ACT and high school grades, and ultimately getting into what you can consider a good college. I can Yeah, I consider University of Michigan a decent school. Personally, I've come to learn that it really doesn't matter where you go. I mean, sure, if you want to do, like, pre-med, then it really doesn't matter where you go. But for, like, business or law, it kind of matters. Um, really depends on what you're looking for. That being said, I think you should just go to the school where you can maximize your potential and do the best at. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm an ACT tutor, so please hit me up. I will get you that 30 plus. Shameless plug. Yeah, best ACT tutor in the area. I think for undergrad, it doesn't matter. You should probably go where you have the least amount of debt once you're out of it, once you're out of college. I don't, I don't know if private versus... If you're pre-med, go go to an easy school. Like, go do well at that's, an easy school. Uh, that's the number one thing. Go to an easy school if you're pre-med. Yeah, definitely. And then, I guess if you're trying to do law... Or business, go to a big name school, whether it be private, public, I don't think it really matters. I think if you're pre-med, or honestly, forget the pre-med aspect of it, I, for when I was applying for colleges, my final two choices were either Mizzou or the University of Miami. Like, the real Miami in Florida, not the Miami of Ohio. That's not a real school. <laughs> for me, I was kind of considering, like, oh, Miami's a higher-ranked school, but it kind of just came out of money. I really didn't want to spend, like, 40, 50 grand a year on a school when that could be my tuition for four years at Mizzou. Yeah, and it's undergrad, so it's not even Yeah, like and, like, school. if you're pre-professional, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, maybe if you're doing engineering, sure, like... You want to go somewhere where you can get super nice internships, but I have a lot of engineering friends who got really nice internships and got into great grad programs, and now they're working for really cool firms. So when you're pre-professional or even not pre-professional, I think it just comes down to what Hamza said, maximize your potential, save money, make friends, and... That's really, like, it's what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Yeah, all that going to a good school does is just give you a little bit to brag about, but in the end, that really doesn't mean shit. So go wherever your heart desires and just do your best. And a note on the ACT tutor thing, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug myself here, like, and not like plug like Zohaib did, but I did have an ACT tutor. Shout out to Katie. She was awesome. I'm sure Zohaib is just as great. My first time I took the ACT, I got, like, a 32 retook it and got a 31 and then took it again and got a 33 and my goal in high school is to get into like a combined bsmd or bamd program where i could finish college and med school at the same time the umkc six-year program that's the, that was a dream i wanted that to go was... to umkc for their six-year program for those who don't know the umkc six-year med program is the holy grail for all brown people across especially the nation in louis. especially in st louis so all of us want to get into umkc because you can finish your med school and undergrad in a combined six years save yourself two years when I didn't get in, I was like, all right, well, now, like, 
at least I have a good score. Maybe I can end up at a dope school. I got into Mizzou, which is I, Mizzou was my backup. Like I'm gonna throw that out there. Mizzou was my Mizzou was the first school I applied to because the application was super easy, and I thought, all right, might as well just keep one under my wing. And it ended. I ended up going to Mizzou, and that was the best decision I ever made. So you really should just follow your heart where you think you'll be the happiest based on whatever circumstances you can think of. And if you want to get an AC2 tutor or your parents want to, go ahead. Don't limit your options. But when it comes down to college decisions, just prioritize yourself and your happiness because that's what matters. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Our second question is, I'm going to be traveling to India for the first time. What was visiting your parents' home country like? Dude, there's nothing like visiting your parents' home country. I mean, it's truly just an enlightening experience. Chilling with your family, who you haven't seen in years, most likely. Trying the local food. Just taking in the atmosphere is just, it's breathtaking, honestly. And the fact that when you're chilling with your cousins, it's like you're chilling with your best friends, but then it's like family. So the vibe is just completely different, and it's awesome. I love it. I like what Hamza said. It was fun, like, going back to where your parents are from, seeing a bunch of family and friends, and, like, seeing where your parents went to school. It was, like, mind-blowing. You guys didn't get sick? Oh, dude, that's, like, tradition to get sick. I only get sick on the (laughs) flight back home. I don't get sick when, like, okay, fingers crossed, or, like, knock on wood, whatever, but, like, I don't remember getting sick, so either either it didn't happen or I blocked it off. I do remember one time. So this is like an alleged because of me story, but at my grandpa's house in Karachi, he had this like metal pole in his backyard and apparently I dared my younger sister to lick it and she got super sick and like had to go to the hospital to get the IV hookup. Wait, we're talking about Nisha? Nisha, yeah, this is Nisha. Shark, you made her do it. She was probably like (laughs) six years old at this point and yeah, she got super sick. They say it's my fault, but... It you is the song. That that definitely sounds it's like It's something fault. you would do, Shari. <laughs> I can I can tell. The motherland gets you sick. I don't think it was because of me. I mean, I've been sick. Every time I've been to Pakistan, I've been sick. Like, last time I passed out, had to go to the hospital. Do they make you drink, like, the onion juice? Do your parents do that? No. I don't. Lem- I've never heard of that. Lemon juice, I think. Lemon juice? I've, I don't know, like, exactly what it is, but I think some people say if you drink, like, onion juice or something like that, you don't get sick. I don't know. I've never heard that, to be honest. I'll just get sick. All, all, I, know, <laughs> all I know is that being sick in the homeland is, that's part of the vacation. Like, you should allocate two to three days of, like, okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to be sick when I go to Pakistan because I'm going to eat some local food and it's going to be undercooked or something. No, no, it's not. No, it's not, not, it's not, not undercooked. You just can't have the dairy or the salad. Right, you got to avoid. There's a, okay, there's a. And like there's water. So going yeah. back to like focusing on the viewer, some things you should keep in mind, especially if you're coming from America or Canada, like you, number one, don't drink any water unless it's bottled. Number two, try to avoid dairy as much as you can. If it's cooked or like in tea, you're fine, but don't go for ice cream. Like, when I was in India for my sister's wedding, I had some kofi, and it was the best kofi I've ever eaten in my life. I was terrified, but didn't get sick, and it was so worth it. Like, take your victories when you can, and just <laughs> pray you don't get sick. Yeah, I think just eat and enjoy yourself. Yeah, enjoy yourself. That's the number one thing. Don't be like, I was super worried, like, going into Yeah, don't it. be that guy. When I was visiting India for my sister's wedding, like, I was so, I was that guy. I was like, I'm not going to eat pani puri. I'm going to avoid, like, sodas. I'm not going to have the, the thing is, milk. We don't, we don't get these things here, so you might as well enjoy them. Best ice cream is Cornetto. 
Oh, Pakistan. True. true. I don't know if they have it in India, but Cornetto, if you're ever in Pakistan, grab yourself some, which I'm now realizing, like, oh, I was eating, like, ice cream, but, you know, you're fine. Also, you gotta have it once if you're in Pakistan. Also, shout out to Board Basin and Karachi. Nahari. It's Boat Boat Basin, Basin, my bad. What's that? (laughs) I've never been there. It's, like, this, like, strip of restaurants and shops. Best Nahari I've ever had in my life, hands down. Oh, I do have to shout this out, though. When you're in India, go to McDonald's. Like, it is an experience. You have to have the Grand Maharaja Mac made with chicken. <laughs> you can have the spicy McChicken sandwich. Or the, no, it's the, it, I think it's the Chicken McSpicy, actually. Chicken McSpicy. Does it taste like how it is here? It tastes so much better, dude. Like, oh, yeah. Wait, it tastes better? It ta- I think it does taste better. Like, the Chicken Maharaja Mac... Miles above the beef Big Mac, I think. Dude, that's like a thing visiting McDonald's in other countries. And the like... third, the third thing though, I'm gonna cut you off for a sec. You gotta have when you're there the McAlu Tiki Burger. Jesus. I'm surprised you remember all this. Oh, dude, I it was an experience. I loved it. Like I overate just to experience it. But I think the point is for the viewer: have fun, enjoy it. You know, it's not every day you get to travel like across the world. Lots of pictures and videos. Yeah, and you're gonna make memories that are like that will last you forever. Also, go to KFC and get a Zinger Burger. I was about to say, get a Zinger Burger. So our next question kind of ties into our first question, and they're asking, "How do you deal with your parents micromanaging your life?" And I wanted to get a little more information, and they said, "My parents blame some bad grades on my social life and don't let me go out with friends often." They also get on my case when I eat out because I'm not eating home-cooked food. So I feel like my parents kind of micromanage my life in that way. What are some instances that you guys think your parents micromanage you? Like, I'm sure they mean well, but what are some things that kind of get on your case? I don't know about specific instances, but one thing I can say, and I got to back my parents up here a little bit, I'm sure as we all do, but I think they're just trying to look out for you and do what's best for you. They see you're getting bad grades. They're a little concerned because they want you to get good grades, be successful, blah, 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 all that good stuff. So I think one thing to keep out for is the fact that they are just looking out for you. And not to play the devil's advocate here on this question, but I do think that it is in their best intentions that they micromanage your life. That being said, it can be overwhelming. Uh, It can feel like they're always on your case about something and that they're trying to create this perfect human being when perfection doesn't exist. But I think that, you know, that just comes along with parenting. For me, when my parents are micromanaging, it's like they want us to like eat at home because once you're in college, you don't really get to have mom's home cooked meals because you'd always like have to eat food on camps or eat at and like spend money. I'm not going to use the word micromanaging because I don't think it is micromanaging. Like they're not trying to control every aspect. They're just trying to like guide you to what they see as positive. So when they're growing up, their parents, I'd say, were a lot more controlling more focused on these are your grades these are like your friends this is your community we have a lot more freedom here and i think our parents are just kind of worried we'll lose our ways so they try to steer us the right direction for me i know my parents with applying for med school they're always on me trying to get me like send your stuff in early send it everywhere you can like what can we do stay in contact with like program directors and just a lot of stuff related to that And it did get kind of annoying after a while, but you got to keep in mind, they could have some pretty limited knowledge on subjects, and they could be just as worried about things as you are, and they're just trying to look out for you. So 
be appreciative of that, but at the same time, if it's getting to a point where it's kind of affecting your mental state, I honestly think that because your parents have your best interests at heart, if you have a conversation with them, be like, hey guys, I'm trying to do my best and I'm trying to figure things out myself, I honestly think that could go your way and you could have a better relationship with your parents because you understand each other's personal boundaries more. Now this next question is going to be for my younger sister Nishinasir, and your question is, you are the youngest in the family. Growing up, how did your parents treat you differently based on your age? Hi, my name is Nisha. I'm the youngest in the Nasir family. I'm younger than Haya, the oldest, by about six years, so there was quite a bit of difference by the way we were raised. Honestly, like, since I wasn't there, obviously, when Haya was growing up, I don't know how they treated her, but, like, she always says, oh, you have so much more freedom. She always points to the example of how I'm allowed to sleep over at friends' houses, and she was never... And I don't know, I kind of just chalk that up to having, like, cousins around my age and nearby our house, so that kind of warmed them into letting me sleep over at other people. Right. houses but yeah I feel like like my purse personally my parents were not that strict with me growing up like they always let me hang out with whoever I wanted to but what did the parents say because you're a girl because it's obviously different than me don't stay out too late like it's not safe for you to be out it's not safe for you to be driving but I don't think that's like a older younger thing another thing is that when we were growing up I was like raised a lot by my nanny and like my older siblings did not have nannies shout out Ramiza she was the greatest so I spent a lot of time with her and I think my parents had finally like gotten themselves settled to their jobs and they were like in pretty big roles whereas with my eldest sister they were just starting out as parents so they didn't want to leave her for long periods of time so I think that kind of sparked the whole like a little bit hands-off approach so that was definitely a big difference between how we were raised. I guess overall a lot of people would say that I was treated a lot more relaxed than my Mm -hmm. older siblings especially my eldest sister but like growing up I don't know I feel like she is we also just grew up in different countries so it was it was there were a lot of differences between what we could do by that she doesn't mean we were raised like separately we just all grew up like together but we moved around a ton between Dubai and the USA but we were definitely raised together so go ahead overall I think the biggest difference is just that my parents were around a lot more when my eldest siblings were growing up so they probably were more strict about what they were doing and with me I mean it's only natural that they kind of like had a better grasp on life and they were able to spend more time working so that is why I was never like forced to stay at home or like do things and I don't know I always just was very independent growing up like I always did my schoolwork on my own and never asked for help for anything and I think that kind of helped with how they treated me. I really like your perspective on that question, and I'm super glad you were able to help out because, you know, we can't answer these questions, especially from our female viewers, so we'd love to hear your perspective. Moving on, we have another question asked by an American-born confused Desi. They ask, does being Desi affect your perception of national holidays such as the 4th of July? I'm going to start with this one because I love the 4th of July. Who doesn't? That and, okay, low-key Christmas are, like, my two favorite national things. And I'm going to say Christmas is a national thing because it's kind of a national spectacle. Yeah, 100%. Dude, Christmas is dope, honestly. I, like I wish we celebrated it. <laughs> to, an, to an extent. I like celebratory aspects, but, you know, you got yeah. you to gotta keep in mind, like, religious things, too, for that. But I just love the whole spectacle around things. And so, for me, 4th of July is kind of like you're getting together with your friends, you're barbecuing, you're listening to music. I love country music, so I love 4th of July. Wait. 
wait, wait, are you serious? Oh, absolutely. I have a playlist on Spotify called Country Songs Safe for Brown People. Wait, like, we're talking about, like, Blake Shelton? I'm talking, like, Blake Shelton, Kenny Chesney, Dan and Shay. Like, it's Florida a lot Georgia of, like... Florida Georgia Line? Florida Georgia Line, of course. Okay. It's a lot of, like, country pop, like, okay, the this is why stuff, you're posting this. Right. I'm sorry, I'm so everybody. Confused, I listen to the better music. I'm so confused. But I also like listening to older stuff, like Johnny Cash, too, Dolly Parton, some classics. We are from Missouri, I guess. We are from the sweet state of Missouri. I also took a class called Introduction to Soul and Country Music, so I can't, I'm honestly super appreciative of this stuff. Like, I love the history behind country music. So back to the question. Right. So I love 4th of July, just everything about it. And I think being Daisy, it's kind of like the American dream, you know? You're an immigrant background. Like, your parents moved here. Your grandparents moved here. You're living this new American dream lifestyle. And so you see these things, and this is kind of what it's all about. You're living a better life now. You're trying to succeed in life. And this is just another reminder that, you know, you're appreciative of your home, your country, and this is what it's about. I personally think we could celebrate Christmas if we wanted to. I mean, what's wrong with the tree and some presents and, like, decorating your house in the winter? I seriously see no problem. And I actually know Muslims and brown people who do celebrate Christmas. That being said, how does uh, being Desi affect our perception of national holidays? I mean, I celebrate Thanksgiving with my family and friends, and I know a lot of Desi people who do. This is because Thanksgiving, the root of it, is being thankful for what you have and spending time with family and friends. So I don't think there's any problem with that. I think Daisies do Thanksgiving the best. I agree with that for sure. Because for us, it's not so much like a small family thing or like an extended family thing. It's a huge community event where you have like 100, 150 people just at someone's house, like spread out, eating tons of food. It's like third Eid. Oh, yeah, it's totally our third. It really is, yeah. We love Black Friday shopping too, but your parents will never let you go as a kid. You got to kind of just say, bye, I'm going, and hope they don't stop you. Yeah, I mean, I think Christmas is it's okay Boo. I, I haven't noticed Boo. any different no no I'm not. this guy's the grinch no no Mr. i'm not grinch. i like christmas <laughs> the only thing with with it is that when i see somebody and they're like should i say happy holidays or merry christmas and i'm just like just say merry christmas then like it's not that big of a deal i totally expect people to say merry christmas to me and i know they probably won't because you know looking at me i'm brown but if you say merry christmas i will say it back to you 100 percent because you know it's the season that's what it's about yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Melikiliki Maka. That's that's the, it's the season's greeting. That's why when I see somebody hesitate, I I, just, I get more confused as to what I'm supposed to do. Plus, we don't want coal in our stockings. So, but yeah, I hate the cold. We're gonna end things today on a kind of serious and discussion worthy question, and I really want to hear your opinions on this too. All you viewers back home, like, send us your messages about this topic, and I'm gonna ask, what do you guys think of Daisy portrayal on TV in this day and age? I can go ahead and jump in on this one. I mean, for one, the first thing that sticks out to me is, like, Apu on The Simpsons. He is portrayed as being an Indian guy with a very heavy accent, owning a gas station or owning a quickie mart. I think that goes to show that, like, much of the American perspective on Desi's is the typical taxi driver or gas station owner with a heavy accent that can barely speak English. When I think of Daisy portrayal, I think of Priyanka Chopra and the Quantico show. So obviously, like I haven't seen Quantico. What's it about? Terrorism and stuff like that. Is that the one married to the Jonas brother? Yeah. Jesus. Shout out to the Jonas brothers. Saw them in concert a few weeks ago. Don't think I've been more deaf from screaming fans ever. Makes sense. Makes sense. 
Yeah, but also to your point, Hamza, yeah, taxi driver, scientist, doctor. That's kind of what Daisies are, you know, portrayed as on television. Yeah, there's a lot of shows, especially there's one I saw. It was called The Resident. And it's this guy, he just graduated from Harvard, from medical school, and now he's a resident at this hospital. I didn't, like, watch much of the show, but, you know, it's it's a newer portrayal of brown people in America, I feel. You have a lot of, what you guys are saying, folks on taxi drivers, hotel owners, gas station stuff. And I'm glad it's shifting more towards, like, hey, you know, we're also in this profession. I just don't want to see it, like overplayed and kind of like oh this is all they do like doctor engineer whatever i want to see more diverse roles not so much look at brown people being in these jobs just oh this is a brown person playing this character and that's totally fine shout out to hassan minaj who's already sort of paved the way for us to do that he's sort of gone on that you know pedestal and portrayed himself as a desi american i like how desi comedians are coming out a lot more but they're not like Who's that guy on Big Bang Theory? Uh, Raj? Yeah, I don't Raj. know his, no, real, his name. real name. I know it. His name is Kunal Nayar. Regardless, his character, I, I hate his character. Um, you know, just kind of like the, the brown like guy. Like the typical, like, shy, can't really talk to a girl. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, he, he doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. The point being, I, I just didn't like his character, and I feel like that's also alongside, like, doctors and scientists and stuff like that. I think one of the funniest parts of that show was when they were, like, watching a meteor shower, and he throws on an American accent for, like, three seconds to make fun of the way that they talk, and that was, like, breaking the fourth wall, like, oh, I have this accent, this is how I am, well, this is how you guys are to me, with your funny little American accent. I think just the fact that there is an Indian accent on a lot of these characters yeah. is, is probably the, the biggest issue. Like, Raj is, like, a 30-plus, maybe, like, a, almost 40-year-old character, so it kind of makes sense for him to be, like, he's Indian, he is has this accent he came through. I don't know, like, I haven't watched the show in depth to where I know, like, was he born there, was he raised there, or, like, when did he come to America? So it kind of makes sense for him to have an accent, but I don't think you see a lot of, like, 20-something actors having accents. It's more kind of like they're Americans, like they're the first gen, like, born here, so they have, like, Americanized accents or just American accents. I really want you guys to send us some messages or comments. Wait, right? wait, wait, hold, hold. I just got a message from somebody who listened to our podcast. Ooh. And... This is breaking. Yeah, this is breaking. Um, Bangladeshi is the term for the people from oh, there. right, we have to address that. Bangla is the language. Oh, it's not Bengali? No, it's no, apparently Bangla. it's not Bengali. It's Bangla, and Bangladeshi is the term for people from there. See, okay, this is a message I got, too. My friend Bilal said, Bangladeshi is a nationality, and Bengali is an ethnicity. So there are Bengalis in India, too, in the state of West Bengal. And Bengali is also the language, and some Bangladeshis go by Bengali as well. Uh, we have no idea what's going on, and I'm sure neither do Bangladeshi Bengalis out there, too. Like, Wait, is Bilal Pakistani? Bilal is Pakistani. Okay, well, my friend is Pakistani, too, so maybe we can get somebody actually from get, Bangladesh think, to me, answer. I do want to say, okay, this is a clarification about the MSA-MSO thing, so this is this is going to be fun. So I got a message from one of my friends, Safi. He says Name drop. He said that he had a long drive the other day and listened to the entire podcast, and he wanted to say that it is MSA and not MSO, and he's offering us his full support, and we're right that Zohaib is wrong. I went on the Instagram page. It literally says Muslim Student Organization. And then I got a message from my sister who said, how did you not know this? Mizzou does have an MSO. Which sister? Nisha. 
Yeah, see? So she knows Mizzou what she's talking about. MSO. Our MSA is also our Mizzou Students Association. There would probably be some confusion, so it's an MSO. Okay, so I'm right. 50-50. We'll, oh, okay. we'll split, we'll split the, <laughs> right down the middle. All right, guys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our second-ever Q&A session on the Confused Daisy Podcast. If you want your questions and comments addressed in the next episode, send us a message on Instagram at the Confused Daisy Podcast, and we will try to get to as many questions as we can. Catch us on our weekly episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast Republic, and we will see you next time. Bye.